for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And the Lord will bless the reading of his word once again. Let's just uh, open in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we need your help this morning uh, by thy Holy Spirit to understand uh, the things of God. And uh, we just uh, would pray this morning uh, that as I speak, that you would fill my mouth, um, Lord God, that, um, um, that as I speak, it would be as if it were the utterances of God, um, not only for uh, the sake that we want to be uh, edified and built up, not only uh, for the sake that we want to be fully equipped uh, for the work of the ministry, but um, because we also want you to be glorified in this place. And so we ask these things in accordance to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Now Luke, Luke has two other instances of Pharisees who invited Jesus to meals. You can read that in Luke chapter 11 and in Luke chapter 14. And Luke alone is the one that gives them. No other Gospels tell stories of Pharisees who invite Jesus over for supper. And so really Luke is the Gospel of Hospitality. Jesus would dine with a Pharisee. He would dine with a publican. We read in Luke chapter 5, right? He dines with the tax collector Levi. And remember, in Luke chapter 9, Jesus invites himself over Zacchaeus' house to have supper. And so we see this, the gospel of Luke really is a gospel of hospitality. Hospitality is the art of making people want to stay without interfering with their departure. And so what I'd like to look at in this portion here is just three characteristics of hospitality. Three characteristics. And the first is this. Christian hospitality supplies what is required. Christian hospitality supplies what is required. In other words, Christian hospitality, right, should provide one's needs. It should provide one's needs. Now, in this story, again, Jesus makes clear to Simon, he says, listen, common hospitality back then would include providing water for someone's feet. You guys are all familiar as to why, but I'll just remind you is that, remember back in that day, right, there were no paved roads or sidewalks, right, and your shoes were pretty much a sole with straps. And so as you walked to and fro places, your feet got filthy, they got dirty, they got dusty, okay? and so it was just common hospitality to provide water. In fact, most hosts would actually take water and they would wash your feet. Some of the ones who were a little more prominent may have their servant do it, uh, wash their guests' feast, uh, feet, but that was something that you needed. When you went and you were invited someone over his house, that's what they would do for you, okay? Um, same with the oil for the head. Right? The, the, the climate in that area was hot and dusty, and your dry skin would get itchy. Okay? And so the oil was allowed to put on there to avoid you know, some of the, the itchiness or the dryness of the climate. But not only that, as you saw here, a lot of the oil that they used was scented. It was fragrant. It uh, had a, a fragrance to it, right? so that when they put it on you, it gave you a nice smell. Nice smell. Um, made you smell nice, you know? Um, and so, 
Simon here does not supply what was required for his guest. He invited the Lord Jesus over his house, and yet he would not give him water for his feet. He would not give him oil uh, for his head. And so when we are hospitable, right, Christian hospitality, we should be looking to provide what our guest needs, right? Whatever it is that they might need. And as I thought about that, I thought, okay, what does the, the, the world need today? Right? Because we know that hospitality, right, uh, you know, does not just extend just to the church, right? It's, it's also to the world as well. And so uh, I've even stood up here before and shared with you that, listen, we should not be just inviting believers over our house. You should be inviting your coworkers. You should be inviting your neighbors, even those who are not saved, right? And so as I thought of this, what is it that the world needs uh, today that we could provide for them through our hospitality? Uh, it's not a hard question, right? They need Christ. <laughs> they need Christ. Um, and so you have an opportunity to do that. There's so many stories that I could share with you where uh, people, right, did not come to know Christ through the words of someone. They actually got saved through what they saw in that person's home over a meal. It's amazing how many stories are like that, where people who are lost, they hear about Christ, they, they, they have the knowledge of it, but then they come over to someone's house and they sit at a table with them and they say, you know what, I want that. I want that for my own life. And so it's a tremendous testimony that you can't have to the world. But the world needs Christ. And one of the best ways, you know this, is that, listen, let's not stop evangelizing, let's not stop passing out tracts. Those are, God can use those. But we all know full well that, at least in my own life, the most effective way I've been able to reach those who are lost is by sitting at the table with them. It's the most effective way. But then as I thought of that too, I thought, what does the church need? Right? What does the church need? I think today, more than ever, the church needs friendship. It needs friendship. I, I can't get over how many people in the church, and maybe even in this assembly, who feel alone, who feel like they don't have any friends. Shame on us. Okay? One of the greatest ways that you can be friendly to someone in the church, make them feel loved, right? It's like, listen, come over. Come on over. We'll have some, something to eat, grab something to eat, right? But the church needs friendship, and I think hospitality provides that. But not only does the church need friendship, church needs fellowship, the church needs fellowship, and I've shared this before. You can only get so much fellowship here on Sunday mornings, especially now the way we're kind of set up where we don't have a break in between. Some of us, we get here at 10, and we run out of here right as soon as the message is over. Where's the fellowship, right? And so what a tremendous opportunity for you to fellowship with each other by saying, hey, listen, this week, why don't you come over for dinner, okay? But the church needs that. I was asking my kids, I said, hey guys, what do you think the church needs? Right? My kids first answer, they need food. They do. Right? They need food. Okay? It's interesting to me, if you study the scriptures, listen, it's amazing. It's interesting how much ministry Jesus was able to have with people as they ate at the table. It's amazing. Go look. So much of Jesus' ministry was over a meal. Eating. We need food. Absolutely. In Romans chapter 12, verse 13, it says this, Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. 
It's interesting how he put those two together, huh? Because I believe as we seek to show hospitality, that's one way that you can contribute to the needs of the saints. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 5. We have the uh, instructions here regarding widows. And and it's almost as if um, the church had a list of who was qualified to be a widow. Right? Uh, As Paul's talking here. And, and, and in order to be enrolled in this list, right, uh, there, there's a list of requirements that, that Paul lays out for the church. But, but pretty much the underlying theme here is that a widow, right, must have a reputation for having performed such good works as should characterize a spiritual believer. And that's what Paul's saying. He's saying, listen, okay, before you serve these widows, make sure their behavior characterizes a spiritual believer. In, in other words, Paul's saying, in other words, then don't bother. Okay? So, just like we say all the time with the qualifications of an elder and a deacon, and even here, with the qualifications of a widow, so to speak, right? We, these should be applicable to us as well. Right? Because these are the characteristics of a spiritual believer. Look what it says here. and We can read all, but just in verse 10, she's well reported for good works if she has brought up children, if she has lodged strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet, if she has relieved the afflicted, if she has diligently followed every good work. Isn't that interesting? When we look at character of someone who is a spiritual believer... Hospitality is right there, right? She had to house strangers. She had to wash people's feet. That means they were coming into her house, right? This is something that Paul even says, hey, listen, right? They have to have a reputation. What kind of reputation do we have as believers? Are we hospitable, right? Are you supplying what is required, right? Providing what is needed, for your brothers and sisters. And not just here, right? The church, even universal. But that's one of the things that hospitality does. Christian hospitality supplies what is required, not just for the world, but even for the church. You know, I, I had a tremendous uh, experience one time. Um, many of you know Scott Dunkerton, and I don't know if you know his new bride, Michelle Peterson. Uh, but Michelle Peterson came into our lives a long time ago. Uh, she actually was a nanny in uh, um, Fisher's Island. Fisher's Island was up where I'm from. And she was looking for a place to fellowship, got in contact with my parents, and she would actually take the boat over every Sunday from Fisher's Island, and she would go fellowship with the saints at Wellspring. And it started a relationship. We had a relationship with Michelle Peterson. And then after that year of her nannying, she came out the following year and stayed with my parents for a couple months. And, and year after year after that, um, we continued this relationship with Michelle. Well, eventually, um, and by the way, she's from Washington State. Eventually, one year, her parents came out to this area because they wanted to meet my mom and dad and James and I uh, and see who this crazy family was that's been <laughs> having a relationship with their daughter. And uh, it was a lovely time. They were here for a week or so and um, showed them the, the east side of uh, the country and things like that. Good time of fellowship. Well, there came a point 
where uh, Michelle Peterson uh, called us up and said, listen, we want you guys to come out here. We want you to come out to Washington State. Now, at that time, uh, the Clifford household, that would be my parents, James, his kids, and my kids, I think there were 16 of us, okay? So I don't know how many kids we had at that time, but not all of them yet. But we had, there were 16 of us. Uh, the, the Petersons offered to fly us to Washington, right? Um, but that's not even what I'm using for the illustration here, okay? But that was tremendous, right? We got to fly to Washington to fellowship with the Peterson family out there in Washington State. But as I thought about, hey, listen, how can we provide for one's need? Is that sometimes it requires a lot of thought, right? Sometimes it requires some prayer maybe even. And I'll tell you one, a couple of things that the Petersons did while we were out there, which was just tremendous, and it met the needs of our family, was this. They had meals prepared for every night for dinner, okay? But what you have to understand is Michelle had a brother, a sister-in-law, and another sister, whom we, or she, wanted us to get to know them too, and they wanted to get to know us. And so here's what they thought. It was a tremendous thing. They said, listen, for mealtimes... You kids, us children of the Petersons and Cliffords, you guys will go sit over there in the room and eat, and we'll sit with your children and feed them. Are you kidding me? Man, jackpot. Man, it was awesome. Because those of you that have children, you know, dinner time is not always peaceable, right? But they thought of that, and that's something that we needed. In order for us to get to know Michelle's siblings, they had to provide that need for us, and it was awesome. Something little like that, but... I was like, wow, that was really cool. Every meal, I got to sit and not have to cut someone's food or clean someone up. That Her parents did that for us. I'm like, that's crazy, right? But not only that, again, because there's 16 of us, right? And that's what we got there. We realized they rented a 15-passenger van for us while we were there. Those aren't cheap, you know? I thought, hey, we're just going to get there and we'll figure out, you know, <laughs> There, but they thought of that and said, hey, listen, they're going to need transportation. They don't have cars that can fit us all in there. And so they, they thought of those things, which I just I thought was so cool in that we can do that, right? As believers, as we are hospitable to others, right? Think about what they need, right? And provide that for them. You know, one of the things I'd like to try to do in just these three points this morning is I want to, to notice the difference between entertaining and hospitality. They're close, but there is a difference, right? Um, and I'm not saying it's wrong to entertain people, okay? I, of all people, I love entertaining people, right? I, I like to have a good time. But for each of these points, I'm going to just share a slight difference between entertaining and hospitality. When it comes to this one is this. Entertaining subtly declares this home is mine, an expression of my personality, look, please, and admire. Hospitality whispers... What is mine is yours. You see the difference there? When we went to Washington, right, Mr. and Ms. Peterson, they gave their bedroom to my parents, and they slept in a camper outside. So sometimes we do have this mentality, hey, come over to my house. We clean it all up nice, and we say, oh, look at, look at my, my house, and look at this, and there's nothing wrong with that. But no, that, that may not be necessarily hospitality. Hospitality whispers, hey, listen, whatever is here is yours. It's yours. Now, Christian hospitality not just only supplies what is required, but Christian hospitality shows respect. Shows respect. 
Christian hospitality is a tremendous opportunity to show honor to whoever is in your house, to show honor to your guests. You see this with Simon here. This was a glaring oversight on his part. Okay? Not only washing a guest's feet, right, was an essential formality. We see that with Abraham, right? Abraham did that when the angels came and visited him, and we see him with the Lord Jesus, right? The Lord Jesus in the upper room there, okay? Not to offer a guest water for the washing of their feet was tantamount to an insult, okay? It, it would be as if, like let's say today, um, I would invite you over to my house and I never offer to take your coat. Okay. Maybe some of us don't do that, right? But for most of us, right, we wouldn't even think about that. We'd say, listen, can I take your coat? Can I hang it up, right? Or, or offer someone a drink of water. Would you like something to drink? Can you imagine if you just came into someone's house, nobody talked to you, nobody offered you a drink, nobody took your coat, you'd, you'd feel a little uh, insulted, right? And so, um, though it was an ordinary mode of an honored guest, right, um, the kiss upon the cheek or upon the forehead, Simon didn't offer it to the Lord Jesus. And, and, and Jesus was, you know, the reason he's having him over is he's pretty well known. Right? They want to be able to sit and hear this rabbi. And yet, um, like I said, it, it was just absolutely ordinary. It was, it was just a way of showing respect to someone by greeting him with a kiss, either on the cheek or on the forehead. Okay? Simon had not given to Jesus the honor that was due to him. And I said, nor did he offer oil either. No oil uh, for his head. Again, it would be like today you offering a nice, refreshing drink. Nothing from Simon. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some folks make you feel at home. Others make you wish you were there. We don't want to be those people. Okay? When you are a Christian hospitality, should make you feel at home. should never wish that you were back at your own home. And sometimes we're like that. You know, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17, uh, it says, Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. We are to honor everyone. Whoever that may be. Whoever you invite into your house. Okay? They are an honored guest, no matter what. Okay? Um, Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says this, Love one another with brotherly affection, Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another. Okay? I'm very competitive. Okay? And so some people say I'm a little too competitive. But I would say in this case, it's okay. All right? You want to beat everyone else in showing honor to others. Okay? That's the mentality you should have. And say, you know what? I saw so-and-so. Uh, those Petersons, they showed me how to show honor to someone. I'm going to do better than that. I'm going to outdo them. Okay? The uh, interesting about the Petersons is um, while we were there for the, for the week, we convinced them one night, convinced them one night to uh, let us treat them for dinner. And so uh, they allowed us to. I think we were getting some, uh, some Thai food, and uh, Mr. Peterson and I were driving to go get it. And I say, hey, listen, Mr. Peterson, I said, I just want you to know how grateful we are for everything. I was like, we are so humbled. Um, this is the trip of a lifetime. Uh, we just really feel honored and, and, and things like that. 
And, and what he said to me, he says, John, he said, when we came out to visit your parents uh, in the East last year or the whatever year it was, he said, he goes, we could not get over how many people came through your parents' house. He goes, in the time that we were there, he said, just people coming in and out all the time. And he said, you know, and obviously they, they're thinking of their daughter, too, who would live there and, you know, spent time there. And they said, listen, we're doing this for your parents, for your parents. And I thought it was humbling for me, too. I'm thinking, yeah, you know, okay, it's my mom and dad. Um, but, but that was his desire. He wanted to honor my parents. He said, in just the, the, the years that they had Michelle and the small little sample they got for the week, they said, listen, people aren't hospitable like that. He said, and we, in other words, they wanted to outdo my parents. They wanted to outdo them. You know, with that being said, uh, I'll just share a testimony because one of the reasons I thought of this too is because I knew this was Chris and Dawn's last Sunday. And Chris and Dawn have been very hospitable to my family uh, over the years. Um, one of our traditions, annual traditions, is uh, they have us over for Christmas dinner. Not on Christmas, but around that time. And uh, again, it's the Cliffords, so there's a lot of us. And so you would think, hey, listen, we can do some chicken. We could do, you know, tacos, do something. But nope, Chris and Don always gave us prime rib. And uh, we always appreciated it. So we're going to keep that tradition going, but uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. All right, we'll figure it out how to, how to do that. Um, even just recently, um, you know, last week, my, uh, last week of my daughter got married. And so for anybody that's planned a wedding or been in a wedding, right, you know that there's a lot that's involved with that. And uh, so last, the week before last, leading up to the wedding, um, and they've always been very gracious too, is John and Joanne call us and they say, hey, listen, we know you guys got a lot going on this week. Why don't you guys come over for dinner? And again, it could just be sandwiches, it could be whatever, but he's got to do ribeye steaks, you know. Um, so see, some people seem to know what we need, what Amy and I need. We need steak or we need. But no, we, just those are small examples where you can actually make someone feel honored. Feel honored. That they, they see what you're going through, what you're doing, and they say, hey, listen, hey, we want to uh, do this for you. Again, as we, um, we look at this woman, right, in this story, right, did, did she not honor the Lord Jesus? Simon was the one who was supposed to honor him. And instead, it's this sinner, this woman who showed him such great honor. How can we outdo that woman? Right? How, how can we show honor to everyone to the extent or even greater than the woman showed to the Lord Jesus? She would wipe his, her, his feet with her hair. She would pour out that scented perfume. I really believe um, that uh, she had gotten saved prior to that. I believe that she was a new convert. And, and she just couldn't wait to honor the Lord Jesus. And she heard he was there and uh, came to him. But again, there, the idea of entertaining and hospitality entertaining, right, puts things before people, right? 
Now listen to me now, because I know this is so applicable to today. I want to make sure we get this. As soon as I get the house finished, the living room decorated, my house cleaning done, then I will start inviting people over. That's entertaining. Hospitality puts people first. No furniture? Come on over. We'll eat on the floor. Okay? The decorating may never get done. You come anyway. Right? The house is a mess, but you are friends. Come on over. But how often do we do that? How do we say, listen, as soon as I'm done with the house, whatever it is, then I'll invite people over. And how many years has it been that you've been saying that? Or no, we can't have people over. The house is a mess. I can't tell you how many times I've done that to my poor wife. You can imagine what our house looks like when we leave on Sunday mornings. Okay? And then I invite someone over right after church. <laughs> hey, I tell people all the time, what you're going to get with us is not perfect, but it's real. It's real. Listen, people come before things. Okay? Hospitality, right, shows honor to the people that you're having over. That's Christian hospitality. So not only Christian hospitality supply what is required for your guests there, Christian hospitality not only shows honor, uh, shows respect, right? But a believer's hospitality has to have suitable reasons, okay? When we are hospitable, we need to check our motives. We need to have right motives, right? We need to have suitable reasons. You know, I, I think one of the reasons... Um, I mean, one of, the, one of the Pharisees here, this guy, Simon, I, I think one of the reasons he did not appear sympathetic uh, to Jesus, like, he, one, he's, he's questioning whether he's a prophet or not, right? Um, he, does, he does not offer him what would be ordinary hospitality, um, right? I, I think, uh, again, it's my opinion, undoubtedly, I think, Simon's motive was either to entrap Jesus or to find some reason to accuse him, right? It, it Luke record, records even earlier in Luke chapter 7 that the scribes and the Pharisees were watching him closely to see if he healed on the Sabbath so that they might find reason to accuse him. I think that very well could have been one of the reasons why Simon invites him. In fact, the, the, um, when it says one of the Pharisees asked him to eat, the verb there is actually in the tense where he kept doing it. He kept asking Jesus to come over, kept asking him to come over. And finally, Jesus, you know, comes over. Um, I'm not sure what Simon's motives were. Here's another thing to think about is that it was considered virtuous to invite a teacher over for dinner, especially if the teacher was from out of town or had just taught in the synagogue. So whatever it was, I don't think Simon had the right motives for having Jesus over whether it was to entrap him or whether he thought it was some sort of virtuous thing he was doing by inviting this teacher over. And so we've got to be careful sometimes when we do things. This one example is hospitality, but anything, right, that we do is we always need to check our motives, right, the reasons why we do things. Um, in Luke chapter 14, verses 12 to 14, it says this, Then he also said to the one who invited him, When you give a dinner... Or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind. 
and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. You get the gist of that verse there? Is that, listen, I'm not saying that you can't invite your friends today. Okay? But don't forget about the people you know. When they come over, it might be awkward. <laughs> when they come over, they may not be grateful. Right? You still invite them over. Okay? Because you will receive your reward. Okay? Just not in this lifetime. <laughs> right? And uh, also it says here in um, Luke chapter 6, it says, If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. Right? We don't want to be like that. Right? The contrast is this. Here's what the Bible says. But love your enemies. Do good. Lend. Expect nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High. For He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. That's what we're called to do as, as Christians. Right? Christian hospitality, we have to make sure our motives are right. Right? That we do it for the suitable reasons. Right? Um, not to expect something in return. You don't invite someone over. You don't offer someone something and say, hey, listen, you owe me now. <laughs> That's not how we do it. It was uh, the custom that when a rabbi was at a meal in such a house, all kinds of people came in. It, it, that was custom. Okay? Um, they were quite free to do so. Right? Many would come to listen right, to the pearls of wisdom which fell from his lips. And so that explains the presence of the woman. It wouldn't have been strange that she was there. Okay? It was just more of the fact that they knew what kind of woman this was. Right? But there were others there too, as we heard. There's all people that are sitting around this table right, wanting to listen to Jesus. You know, this Pharisee, whatever the motives were, right, he desired that Jesus would eat with him. But he did not desire that this woman, a sinner, to come into his house. We can't play favoritism. Okay? You know, a man uh, took his dog to the veterinarian and he asked him to cut his tail off completely. I don't like to do that, said the vet. And why completely? Well, said the dog owner, my mother-in-law is coming to visit us. And I don't want anything in the house to suggest that she's welcome. Sorry, it was a dog joke, Dawn. I'm sorry. I, don't know. I lost Dawn as soon as the tail was. Yeah, she was. <laughs> Listen. We want everyone, whoever it is, to feel welcome. Right? This woman, right, that we read about here, she loved our Lord. And she thought nothing was too much to do for him. You know, more doing, right, for Christ is the universal demand of all the churches, right? It is the one point on which we all agree. All desire, right, 
to see among Christians more good works, more self-denial, more practical obedience to Christ's commands. Right? But what will produce these things? It goes back to what we heard last week. Right? The only thing that can produce that, right? The good works, self-denial, practical obedience, nothing but love. That's the only thing that can produce something what I'm telling you today. The only way you can produce Christian hospitality, the only way you can do that is through love. Right? There will never, there never will be more done for Christ till there is a more hearty love to Christ himself. The fear of punishment, the desire of reward, the sense of duty are all useful arguments in their way to persuade man to do more. But they are all weak and powerless until man loves Christ. We have to love Christ like this woman did. You know, Christian hospitality is more than a passing kindness. It's an incarnation of God's love. Again, entertaining says this. I want to impress you with my home, my clever decorating, my cooking. Hospitality, seeking to minister, says this home is a gift from my master. I use it as he desires. Hospitality's aim is to serve. To serve. So my question this morning is, do you love Christ? Do you love Christ? Show hospitality this week. In doing so, you may be an instrument God uses to lead someone to Christ. Be hospitable this week. In doing so, you will contribute to the needs of the saints. You will show them honor. You may even entertain angels unawares. But do it for the right reasons. It's a lot more than just inviting someone over for dinner. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for um, the words that you said to Simon. We're thankful uh, for the contrast here um, of this sinner and this Pharisee. And Lord, uh, although um, we see here the, the, the message um, that we had a great debt, <laughs> we've been forgiven much, and therefore we love much, we pray that also that we may take that and uh, that may motivate us to practically obey you when it comes to Christian hospitality. That we don't want to be like Simon, uh, perhaps with uh, um, poor motives. Um, he showed you no honor. <laughs> he was not concerned about Jesus and what he needed. Uh, perhaps it was that he wanted to entrap you. Perhaps he was just concerned with how virtuous he'd look. I don't know. Uh, but Lord Jesus, help us to understand that as we are hospitable to one another, um, it is your love uh, that compels us to do so. And that even as we <laughs> seek to, to meet the needs of each other and seek to honor one another and uh, through hospitality, we know that in a real way we're doing it as unto you. Um, and so, uh, Lord God, help us with this. Increase our love for you um, so that we may be able to practically obey you in this way. Uh, we give you thanks so much for your love towards us. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Again, so we've got some fruit kebabs. Are they out? I think they're just outside there. Grab some fruit kebabs. Grab Chris and Dawn. Make them feel uncomfortable. No. It is weird.